gentlemen, welcome back to the Being Husband Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan West, bringing you guys another episode here, thanking you for being a part of the work that we're doing and being patient as these episodes have been a little delayed. But if you've been with us anyway, if you've been with us for any length of time, then you know what we're all about. We're here to help you as men live on mission in your marriage. And uh, this episode today is one that's been long overdue. It's been something that I've needed to address for a minute, uh, but I want to thank you guys, first of all, for being uh, patient as I've tried to sort out scheduling for this podcast. Uh, as many of you know uh, that, that follow me on my personal Instagram, and some of you that don't know, some of you that are newer to the show, first of all, welcome. Uh, but secondly, uh, I have started a side hustle, uh, and the side hustle uh, really is kind of becoming a small business day by day. Long story short, uh, I picked up a skill in college where I grew, I knew, learned how to grow vegetables, backyard vegetables, learned how to build uh, raised bed gardens. So anyway, there have been people in my community that have been interested in doing that, interested in learning how to do that. And so they have hired me to build those and teach them how to raise those vegetables. And it's been a really cool time. It's been a really busy time trying to manage growing that, meeting the demands of, of my clients and also meeting the the ministry that God has called me to. Uh, and that's ministering to you guys. And that's uh, sharing with you guys things that I'm learning and I'm growing into as I read through the scriptures about what this whole role of being a husband is. And so I, I thank you guys for your patience. But in some ways, I was convicted because going a month without speaking to you guys or giving you guys things that I've, I'm learning and, and things that um, the Lord's laid on my heart is, um, in my opinion, inexcusable. And so I apologize for being that delayed. I hope you guys can understand. hope you guys can find some grace <laughs> in the midst of that. Um, but I'm glad to be back. I'm glad to be back for sure. So that's it. That's what's been going on in my life. But that's not what you came here for, right? You came here to learn a little something, to get a little something that's going to help you figure out your situation as a husband, as a man in a marriage and honor God through that. And so today I want to address, I always say this at the end of episodes, I always say, take care and build on. That's always my phrase, take care and build on. And so the question is, Jonathan, what exactly are we building? What exactly is a husband building? I mean, I just, as far as I know, I just go to work, I, I come home, I, I sit down and have a little dinner and rinse and repeat for the next day. But I want to, I want us to kind of sit back and I want us to kind of think large scale. I want us to think a little big, right? Because there has to be more, right? God, Paul writes uh, in, in scripture, he, he says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for it. And Jesus Christ had a big mission in redeeming his people, right? So if we're modeling that in our relationships with our wives, isn't it or couldn't it be more than just going to work, doing the honeydew list and coming home? Isn't it more than just waiting for the weekend to happen? So that you can date your wife and reconnect to her. It, couldn't it be 
that we have a role and responsibility that's much larger than ourselves, but that isn't dependent on us completely to fulfill it. So I want us to kind of think along those lines today. And one of the things that I thought was interesting as I was getting prepared for this episode was was going back and looking into the word husband and its history. And so when you go through and you, you look up the word husband and the etymology, right, that's just a big fancy word for uh, the history of words, history of language. When you look at it, the, the word husband is, is a, a, a Norse word, right? So it's one of the Nordic words, like German, kind of ancient, ancient Germanic type languages. But the, the idea of husband, the word, I guess I should say, was called husbandi. And the idea from that was that this uh, housebound man uh, was in charge of cultivating that land that he was on, that home that he was on, that piece of dirt that he was responsible for. So the word husband has its roots in the word cultivate and cultivate, culti, right? The beginning part of that has its roots in the word culture. So, so literally as a husband, right, from the, from the, from the uh, word origin standpoint, okay, we have a responsibility to build culture, to build our houses, cultures. And I just, that really struck me, man, because I'm like, that's, I don't even know what to do with that. I don't even know what, what that means. And so, the takeaway I think that I've got from that is we're to build environments, right? Structures and cultures and, and a household that helps everyone in that household to flourish, helps our wives to be able to flourish, help. And by flourish, I mean grow and develop and understand who God's made them to be and what their role is in the midst of that. We're to create an environment where they can figure that out. That's our responsibility. And so it's with that that I'm like, man, it's being a husband is a lot more than just being a male, (laughs) right? Because a lot of that's lost. Like a lot of that history of being a culture builder is lost in, in, in our language today because we just think of the husband as the male in the relationship, in the marriage relationship. But it's a lot. It's it's not just that it's like we have this very deep responsibility and mission in the name of husband built into the name and so you're thinking all right Jonathan cool like that's I'm glad you got a chance to nerd out that's that's awesome um what am I supposed to do with all of that stuff you just spit (laughs) on me what am I supposed to do with all that I, I don't even build a culture like how do I how do I build a culture you know what I'm saying? My wife doesn't even think I'm capable of taking the trash out. She didn't even think I know how to put the toilet seat down or, or change the toilet paper around so it's facing, you know, uh, forward and not backward. She, you know, like how, how is she going to trust me to build a culture? How do I even do that? Am I capable of that? And so to answer your first question, if that's kind of where you're thinking um, along the lines of how is my wife going to trust me to build a culture? One of the things I would tell you to do is go back and listen to an episode we did a while ago called Are You a Man 
worth following? Are you a man worth following? And I think that that is going to get you into a position, frankly, where your wife is looking at you as someone that she can trust, someone that she um, would be willing to follow. Uh, but we got to get that that down pat first. We got to get the respect piece down first. We have to get the um, the ability to garner our wives' attention and 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 prove ourselves as as men that um, are really thinking biblically, are really thinking critically, are really leading the family forward in a in a God honoring way. And that's the first step. But I'm assuming that if you've been with us for a length of time, if you've been with us for a minute, I'm assuming that you've been working through these things the past two years that we've been doing this. I'm assuming that you're you're just like me. You're you're working these things out, and now you're trying to say, okay. I've got the respect piece down. Now, how do I build on that? How do I create a family culture? And so for our time here today, um, I'm going to be focusing on that. Less about the respect piece, right? Because that's, again, that's in that episode. That's something that you have to work on. But that's like that's like level one. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm calling us today to, to go a little bit deeper, to go a little bit higher up, okay, and, and further down. I'm, I'm wanting us to think, all right, what is the vision that God has given me for my, my family? And so I'm just going to give you guys today three different ways that I'm personally working through how I can create a family culture, right? How I can create the the culture that I believe that God has called me to develop uh, in my house. And so one of the first things that I'm doing is I'm, is I'm trying to develop a mission, right? I'm trying to understand God's mission for my life. And I've been, I've been thinking about that question about what God wants me to do in terms of vocation. It seems like since I've been 18, I've been thinking about this, like, what am I here for? You know what I mean? And, um, and I'm not talking about the way the culture talks about it, because generally the culture, they kind of, it's like follow your dreams or, or follow your passion. And it's like, you know, at any given time, I might be passionate about anything. I might be passionate about um, cars. I might be passionate about video games. I'm generally not that passionate about that. But my point is, I might be passionate about working out. I might be passionate about a lot of different things. But is that what God has tasked me with doing? Or do those things play a factor in what God has tasked me to do? So I think we have to continue to ask ourselves those questions, not from a standpoint of what's going to make me happy, right? What's going to put a smile on my face? It will do that. I think that, I think that God is glorified whenever we are thankful, whenever we're grateful, whenever we're joyous. I think that that's true. I think that it will do that, but it's not just let me be happy and that's all that matters. It's like, what is the thing that gladdens my heart that's also a blessing to the world? What is the thing that, that God gets glory from that I enjoy doing? And that's the difference in us in the world, right? That's the difference is that we are uh, trusting in the Lord with all our heart and not leaning on our own understanding. But in all of our ways, we're acknowledging God and letting him direct our paths, not our hearts directing our paths. And so what is it that God has skilled me with? What is it that God has given me a talent for? What are the abilities that the Lord has blessed me with? 
And I think that knowing this, knowing these things, gentlemen, is going to establish, you're going to start to see a pattern. You're going to start to see a mission developed in your own heart and in your own mind. And you can take several examples in the Bible, but one of those is um, when God blessed Jacob, right? God blessed Jacob um, with 12 sons, right? And this was, now let me backtrack a little bit. Jacob was the son of, was it Isaac? Yeah, Jacob was the son of Isaac. Um, and <laughs> he was a crook, <laughs> to say the least. Jacob was a complete crook. He stole his brother's birthright. He ran off with it. And then he went and he wanted to marry the the the, the prettiest girl uh, that that his uh, I believe it was his cousin had for him. But he the cousin ended up tricking him <laughs> and giving him the, the not so pretty uh, uh, daughter that he had. Uh, so anyway, that's besides the point. The point that I want to suggest is that before Jacob got blessed um, by God. Without stealing it, of course, he wrestled with God. He wrestled with God, he physically, because <laughs> there was a scene wherever he, there was a, they call it the, the, the son of man came and he was wrestling with him. Uh, an angel of the Lord, I think is the term that's used. And he was wrestling with him and, and, and God and uh, Jacob said, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. And he's wrestling and he's doing all this fighting and then the angel touches him on his hip and breaks his hip. <laughs> and from that day forward, his name was no longer Jacob, but it was Israel. Right. And Israel was the 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 nation that would be built from his wrestling with God. And so he blessed them. He said you would, you would have 12 sons and those 12 sons would be the 12 tribes of Israel. And what happened from then on was that each one of those tribes had specific roles and responsibilities had specific ways that they were supposed to operate. So you had the Levites, which was the, which his, was his son Levi. The Levites and all of his, so Levi was the son of Jacob, and everybody that came after Levi that came out of his camp that was a part of his lineage, they were the priestly tribe. They were the tribe that was in charge of being the religious leaders in that day, and and, and then you had Judah which was another one. And Judah, the people that were from the tribe of Judah, they were responsible for the leadership. They were the kings. They were the nobility during that time. And so God had given Jacob a mission. And then within Jacob's mission, he gave each one of the 12 their mission that carried on what to future generations. And he says, God says to him, your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth. He says this to Jacob, shall be as the dust of the earth or the sand of the earth. You shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And in you and in your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Think about that for a minute. Just think about that for a minute and put that in perspective. Had Jacob not had that run in with God, that that mission of wrestling with God so that he could get blessed and find out what it is that God had called him to do. Had he not had that. There would have been no tribes built like the tribe of Judah, the tribe of the uh, Levi. 
And ultimately, you and I would not be having this conversation <laughs> about God. Me, you and I, were, we're considered Gentiles. We're not a part of the Jewish heritage, unless, of course, you're Jewish. And, you know, for that, welcome to the show. <laughs> Appreciate having you. I'm not Jewish. And so if, if Jacob had not had that experience with God, I may not have ever come to know God. You see what I'm saying? God... God's mission in your life is always is always going to be multi-generational. It's always going to extend beyond your day-to-day, your nine-to-five, and it's going to go into something for your kids to inherit and then something for your kids' kids to inherit. That's the way that God works because God has a plan in history to bring all people groups to himself until the day of judgment. And so <clears throat> I think the best example of mission going beyond just one generation to the next one is is in the example of Judah, right? The tribe of Judah because it's out of that tribe of Judah we have which and Judah was the fourth oldest from Jacob, okay? But from the tribe of Judah you have all the monarchs Right. All the kings, all the famous kings that we read about. Right. Like King David. You guys, you and I've talked about King David before. King Solomon, Daniel. Right. And, and, and pop quiz. Who else is is the uh, is a descendant of the tribe of Judah? I'll give you a hint. He's called the lion of the tribe of Judah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jesus Christ is a member of this lineage. So so. Let me backtrack for a second, one more time, so you can get this picture. Had God not wrestled with Jacob, had Jacob not wrestled to find out his mission, to raise his, his son Judah to be nobility and to extend that dominion and that mission beyond just that son, right? There would have, Jesus Christ would not have been born do you understand what I'm saying? Now, I'm not saying that you and I are going to have any sons like Jesus Christ because there's only one. My only point is to say we have to be, when we're developing this mission, we have to be thinking long term, right? Is the, Number one, is this something that God gets glory from? And then number two, is this something that I can pass down to my kids that will continue to bring God glory for generations to come and will be a part of his plan and his design primarily. <clears throat> and so with me, one of the things that I've been thinking through in regard to developing my mission is like, all right, well, God's given me a skill set to and an interest in, you know, growing food and, you know, hunting and, and, and really getting back to kind of these more like primal, primitive ways of, of, you know, nourishing ourselves and being healthy. God's given me an interest in that. Um, and so, all right, so, so how do I use that interest where I'm not just growing food in my backyard, but I'm actually able to bring that talent and skill and ability to bring God glory in other people's households, to bring families together, to have people, um, take care of their bodies, be good stewards of their bodies. How, how can I use those things to do those, those things that are, are bringing in other people into this mission? Right. And so that's the reason that I started doing this, this side business I was telling you guys about. 
excuse me, guys. Then another thing that God's given me skill for is the ability to speak and, 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 a, and a heart for, for men. And so it's like, all right, so do I just, do I just sit here and, and speak really cool to my friends or do I take this talent and this skill and this ability to, again, extend God's mission to call other men to focus on their relationship with God and, and develop a, a mission and a vision for their families? As I'm doing the same thing. And so that's the first thing is, is we have to develop and wrestle with God and ask him, what, what do you want me to do? I'm, I'm not going to let you go. I'm not going to let this moment that me and you are sharing, God, pass until you bless me, until you give me something that, 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 that I need to be doing, a clear indication of what it is that I need to be using this, this, these skills there has to be a reason that I'm here. And if you get that, gentlemen, it's, it's a blessing because there's a lot of people that, that, that don't know or don't want to acknowledge or don't really want to work toward that. So consider it a blessing when God gives you a mission. It's not a burden. It's, it's, it's a gift. Um, it might hurt a little bit. You might have a little, <laughs> a little hip pain like Jacob did, but it's worth it. So that's the first point, develop a mission. The second point that I want to get to is I'm going to encourage you in what I'm doing, invite your wife into that. Invite your wife into that mission. Invite your wife into that vision of how you're going to take the mission God's given you and extend it to your kids and your, your family and your community. All right? I've been asking myself this question the whole time during COVID, if I'm honest, is how can I create this grand vision for our family that that my wife can be a part of, that my kids can be a part of, that that everyone can play a part in. Not again, not to give myself glory, right? But again, to to extend this out into God's plan in redemptive history, right? There has to be a reason. And there is a reason that God's given me this inclination. And so that's one of the things that I've been thinking through. So what I'm doing right now is <clears throat> trying to figure out, okay, so I've got the vision or sorry, I got the mission down, Pat. How do I cast the vision, right? How do I make the vision plain enough to my family that they can figure out where they fit in? Right. Where my wife can say, you know, how can I support that? How can I be a part of that? How can I help you flesh that out so that it's a blessing to 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 us and, and to our, our our community, people that we're involved with on a day to day basis? And by doing that, gentlemen, I, I think that you are going to see. You're going to see a relationship built beyond just, OK, you and I just pay the bills together or you and I just raise the kids together or you and I are, are roommates or you and I are, or maybe we're not roommates, but maybe we, we just see ourselves as uh, two people that are trying to figure this thing out. What you're doing, what we're doing when we do this is we're, we're creating, again, we're creating a culture. We're creating a, 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 a culture that has a vision and a mission for its it's it's day to day purpose. I mean, there's so many people that just don't know that. So many families that just don't know that 
their purpose and, and what it is that, that they're to be doing together. And this is going to help bond you. This is going to help you go back to that Genesis creation mandate that we and that we talk about all the time, which is, you know, he told Adam and Eve in the beginning, he said, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. That means conquer, <laughs> frankly, that means that means develop something bigger than yourselves that's going to be fruitful for everyone that comes after you. And that's what we're really doing here. So, so invite your wife into that mission. Have her help you to to sharpen it, to hone it, to to figure out where it best fits in and, and how everyone in your household can benefit from it. And then the third and final point that I've been working through is is establishing the goals and the roles of said mission. Right. So I've been asking myself, how can how can we all work together? Right. So I'm inviting my wife into it. But but how does she fit into it? Who, who, who do I have to become and what will I have to do to see this vision through? What is it that we have to be doing in order to see this thing through? And I know that it sounds like a lot, gentlemen, but it's something that I think we need to be thinking about, especially during times like this. And I don't have any answers for you. I, I don't have the answer specifically for your own mission that God's given you. Because he's given us all different ones. He's put us all in different communities. He's, he's put us all in different places in our lives. He's given us all different talents, skills, and abilities. But I think as, as men and as husbands, we, we really should be thinking about culture building. And, and look... I'm not laying anything. I'm not trying to lay anything on you that's going to give you pressure. Okay? So if you're feeling any heavy weight or any burden, take it to the Lord. It's not I'm not trying to appeal to you to stress you out or give you more anxiety. I'm 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 hoping that this is encouraging. I'm hoping that this is exciting because we're about to inherit a new world. <laughs> okay? I was looking around the other day and I was just sitting thinking, it's like, man, we're, <laughs> we're in a situation, right? There's a lot of stuff going on, a lot of crazy things happening right now. And I'm like, all right, well, who's going to fix it? Like, is it going to be? And it's like, no, like, you know, I'm 28. You know, many of you that are listening are perhaps a little older than me, perhaps a little younger than me, but, but we, it's our generation, boss. <laughs> it's on us. And so you're saying, all right, man, that sounds awesome. Like building culture, like, but, but, but why can't I just go to church, right? And get my praise on and leave. Why can't I just leave all that other stuff like building and moral vision and changing the world and helping our community? Why can't I just leave that to my parents' generation? Right? Do I really have to do all of this? And the answer, frankly, is no. No, you don't. You don't have to do anything you don't want to do. But I'm going to tell you that you standing by as a sideline participant in all of what God wants to do in the world is, is, is going to leave you a little empty. <laughs> Speaking from experience. 
for me, if I'm honest, I, I'm I'm burdened in my heart and in my mind by what's going on right now. Uh, I, I'm burdened with the things I see on TV. I'm burdened with the things I see in in my own neighborhood. And frankly, gentlemen, I'm convicted. I'm convicted and I'm persuaded that both that I'm both part of the problem and with God, a part of a, the solution to turn these things around, to change the, the world that my kids are going to inherit. Now, I'm not, now let, me, let, me, let me back up. I'm less interested in changing the quote-unquote whole world, right? Because I, that's God. But but I'm 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 really interested in changing what God has given to me, my 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 own circle of influence, right? He's given me this microphone, he's given me this laptop. And so I'm gonna use these tools to reach who I can, right? Who he's given me to reach. I'm gonna use the gifts and talents and skills and abilities that I have with with growing food and, and things like that. And I'm gonna do what I can with that, but but I'm not going to see. Here's the thing that we're getting into. I'm not going to get to a place where I want to be the hero. <laughs> okay, I'm not the main character in this story, boss. Neither are you. <laughs> okay, I'm not the main character, even though I might feel like it most days. It's up to me. I got to figure this thing out. No, no, no. Uh, uh-uh. uh, uh. Uh-uh. God gets the glory. God gets the honor. God gets the praise. This is God's story. And you and I play a very small role in it. An important one. Hear me say that. Your role is an important role. You you and your, you hold an important role in the marriage relationship and in the family relationship as a, as a husband and, and as a father for some of you. You have a very important role to play. It's not on God's level, though. <laughs> okay, it's a. If anything, it's a reflection that should be pointing to God, but you are not Him. But that being said, you are a part of the solution again to point people back to God. So for me, I, I believe that God has called me to the marriage that I'm in as an instrument of grace and of peace. I believe that God wants me to create a culture in my household that honors this calling on my life um, where my wife and children can grow and flourish in their own unique callings. So that, as the scripture says, every joint can supply. Right. Everybody does their part. Everybody has different things that they can do. That are going to, again, extend the the name and extend the mission and the vision of God. Right. And I and I believe, look, truly and deeply, gentlemen, that the way that things are going in this country, uh, in the United States, for those of you that are foreign, welcome. But um, in this country, (laughs) the way things are going, we're going to need to think long and hard. On how we can build God honoring Christ-testifying cultures in our homes that will then spread out through our community and that will spread out into our county and spread out into our state and then spread out into our country and then spread out into the world. But we're going to have to start at home, 
right? Scripture says charity starts abroad. Charity starts at home and then spreads abroad. It's the, the love and the culture that you create. You need to be focused on doing that in your house before you do it in the world. Paul makes reference to this later on, too, in the New Testament when he says, don't bring a pastor in that doesn't have his household together first. You are ill-equipped to lead anything if you are unable to lead the people that you sit next to every day at the dinner table. You have no business involved in the public conversations and the, the world conversations and, and, and all that discord. You have no business doing that if you are not capable of having a serious conversation with your wife and being able to, to um, again, lead her well, lead her in a God-honoring way. You're in no position. No position. And so we're in no position, I should say, because fr frankly, like <laughs> I'm guilty of jumping out there in, in the public sphere and giving my opinion on everything. Right. But I haven't talked to my wife seriously in like three weeks, like me and her had conversations. But but it's never been something where, hey, what do you really think about this? Let's 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 have a hard conversation right now. Right. And I think we run to those things. Right. Be it the the debate on this or the debate on that and who's right, Trump or Biden. I think we run to those conversations, right, that are going on in the public because that's a lot cooler and we can get more likes and attention from that than taking out the trash. Can't say amen, y'all to say ouch. Right, we get a lot more attention from looking like we're important than actually doing important work. Okay? And I think that that is the rub. That is pride. That is the 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 thing that keeps us from being effective in our households. And so the reality is, gentlemen, the the world that we live in is going to be completely different, right? And it's, and it's going to get progressively more arrogant, more prideful, more unwilling to submit to the authority of God. You know what I'm saying? And I mean, we're just at a place where we can't agree on anything, right? We, there's no, there, there's nothing in this current world. Sorry. There's nothing in this current state where we can mutually agree on. I mean, we we live in two different worlds. And aside, society cannot survive when we don't agree on these absolute truths, right? So, for example, <laughs> and this is going to be ridiculous, so just hang in there with me. Um, it's like if if you have an opinion on whether... Like, say, for instance, like, I think apples taste good and you think onions taste good. That's one thing, right? We have a difference of opinion here, okay? And, and that's fine. But at this point, we can't even agree that there is a distinct difference between an apple and an onion. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, there's no banner of truth that we sit under. No common banner of truth that we sit under. And with that, there's no... There's no 
they, there can't be any unifying culture behind that because we we disagree on the nature of reality right and so i got to i got to say this the america that we lived in that we thought we knew we thought we understood it it's not a thing anymore i'm just going to be honest with you okay maybe you guys have already sensed that you felt that whatever it's not a thing anymore there's no truth that we can point to me now as for me and you we know the truth me and you have the written word of god me and you are studying scripture we have the truth there are a lot of people that would say that that's not the truth and even and 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 are so embedded in their own pridefulness and their own arrogance that they're unwilling to say you know what i don't necessarily agree with everything that's in there but there are some things in there that i can submit to and frankly gentlemen a, a society a state can't survive when it's not willing to submit to an overarching truth. Otherwise, we just have two warring factions or three warring factions with each other. Culture can't survive like that. And so, gentlemen, I'm urging you as a brother and as a friend to join me in prayer um, for three days. Uh, so, you're listening to this episode on Monday. Uh, so, for three days, I want you to pray with me. And I just want you to ask God, Lord, again, what are the skills that you've given me? And how can I build a family culture, that, that, that a household culture in my own home that is going to bring your name glory? Just in my house, right? Just in my house right now. And, and then later, how will you extend that? Help me to help me to extend that to our community. Right. What, what does it mean, Father, for for me to and you, you insert your last name here? What does it mean for me to be a West? Right. What, what do Wests do? What are the things that, that, that West do to add value in their community so that I can invest in that and develop my home? Because right now, gentlemen, again, we're not the main heroes of the story. God is. But we have an important role to play. Not everybody can be the quarterback, <laughs> okay? Some of us are going to have to play the line. Some of us are going to have to be corners. Some of us tight ends. Some of us safety. But we all are important. We all will share in that victory one day. And so we got to get serious about playing our role right now. We got to get really serious about playing our respective roles. It's important. So I hope you'll join me in that time of prayer. I hope that God will give you, I pray that God will give you the clarity. I know that he will. I know that he has for me. Uh, and I know that he will for you if, if you seek him honestly. 
let me know how it goes. Shoot me a DM um, on Instagram. I would encourage you guys. I know I've kind of pushed you guys toward communicating with me on the uh, at underscore Jonathan West, J-O-H-N-A-T-H-A-N-W-E-S-T. I know that I've kind of pushed you guys that way, but I'm going to push you guys the other way um, because I'm going to dedicate that page mostly to growing the uh, uh, garden business and what I'm going to be doing with the podcast page is having that be where I have all of my podcast conversations. So, um, follow me if you're not already at being husband pod, that's at being husband P O D, um, on Instagram, shoot me a DM there and let me know how this prayer time works. Um, I, if you guys need prayer as well, like I, I want to open up that door for you guys also. Um, I want to, I want to be a part of you guys' lives uh, in in a way that's more than just uh, me being the guy with the podcast, Mike. I, I, I genuinely, I genuinely care about the direction um, that that the that you guys are going in, and I don't want to be able to to help in any way that I can. So shoot me a DM. Uh, if you need prayer, shoot me a DM and let me know how your prayer is going. Um, there's about 400 of you guys now uh, that are involved in what we're doing. So thank you for being a part of that. Um, if this show was helpful in any way, if you took value from it, I encourage you to uh, share with a friend. Um, back to the 400. We got 400 of you guys listening, but I only have 30 reviews on the podcast. And that's not good. <laughs> so if you listen to this episode, if you take these podcasts and, and you're growing from it and you're developing, I'm just asking you to do me a simple favor and leave a rating, a review on iTunes. Please do that. That helps the show get more visib- visibility. That helps the show uh, reach a larger audience, all that good stuff so that other men can be involved in, in being on mission in their marriages. And tune in next week. Because next week we have a really, really good podcast episode uh, with the Just Thinking podcast crew. Um, Very excited. Very, very excited for that one. It's going to be a good one. You won't want to miss it. We're going to be talking about what's so critical about critical theory. Uh, And so if you don't know what critical theory is, look it up before that episode and join us in for that episode next week with the Just Thinking podcast crew. Gentlemen, it's been real. It's been fun. Consider making a donation via Patreon if the spirit so moves you. And it's with that. I tell you all, like I always do, take care and build on. Mm-hmm.